It's the Smart Driving Cars podcast. We appreciate you spending some time with us. This edition is sponsored by the Smart ETFs, Smart Transportation and Technology ETF, symbol MOTO. For more information, head to MOTOETF.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the Faculty Chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi, Alan. Hey, good morning, Fred. Looking like a sunny day. Uh, yeah, it's sunny, but it's cold, darn it, whatever. <laughs> well, in the latest edition of the Smart Driving Cars newsletter, on top is a press release from GM saying it aims to transform the auto insurance industry with OnStar Insurance. It says OnStar Insurance Services intends to leverage its unique understanding of the vehicles GM produces to offer a secure, fair, personalized, and easy-to-use digital insurance experience for drivers. It's a pretty big deal. Um, I, I, I think so, because uh, as we've been talking uh, many times here, uh, um, uh, insurance is, uh, is what we believed uh, is, a, is a real motivator uh, for um, uh, the OEMs uh, to, uh, or to make the OEMs put up really good and safe products out there. And to have the OEMs themselves go in there and uh, put and, and offer the insurance uh, uh, product uh, really implies, at least to me, that, that they believe that they know um, uh, the risks associated with uh, the uh, commodities that they sell to us um, better than the um, than the um, uh, than the various actuary actuaries that um, that go out and compute uh, what the risks are based on historical information. And so, again, with respect to insurance, the key with respect to pricing is being able to uh, properly um, uh, estimate uh, what the liabilities are going to be associated with, uh, with me or you uh, operating a particular product. And if you look at it from, uh, from just a, a general insurer point of view about the only thing that they have available to them is historic information about, uh, about a particular product or about how I use a particular product. Um, they know in some sense very little about a new product. <clears throat> Um, and uh, since OEMs are out there in the business of selling us new cars, um, those new cars um, may, may uh, have more or less risk associated with their use uh, than old cars. Uh, so here you have an, uh, a normal insurance company who has its actuaries uh, looking at data on, the, on what old cars have resulted in, in terms of, of, uh, of liabilities um, and have to use that, those data to estimate how much they're going to charge me or price uh, uh, based um, on the expected liabilities that I'm going to incur in using a new car. Uh, but what a OEM has is they've tested all these new cars. Uh, they've had them out there. They've collected an enormous amount of data, and uh, they should know better as to whether or not they're performing. Uh, they will perform at, uh, just like old cars, or 
worse or better than new cars, uh, than, than old cars. So therefore, they, they, have, they have a data advantage um, uh, associated with expected liabilities associated with these vehicles. So if you then fold this in with um, uh, automation technologies, whose at least some of them um, are, are oriented to uh, crash avoidance, um, uh, certainly the automated emergency braking systems, the, uh, the uh, electronic stability control systems, uh, these, are, these are all focused on, on eliminating crashes, eliminating liabilities uh, by, uh, by a driver. And then if you look from, from, a, from a, 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 a crash point of view, uh, why do we have car crashes? Well, you know, it's really a, a large percentage, 90% or something of car crashes involve misbehavior by drivers. So if all of a sudden the OEMs uh, put technologies in vehicles that basically um, keep a driver from misbehaving, at least some of the time or all the time, oh my goodness, they might be able to reduce crashes by 90%. Whoa, so all of a sudden, what does that mean? Not only do we live, although maybe they get to sell fewer cars because there are fewer cars that are smashed up that they get to replace, but let's not talk about that. But the implications on insurance is enormous, at least I think. Because, because, you know, in, in some sense, you know, in, in the past when, when we were dealing, dealing with technologies that make cars safer, we were dealing with technologies that did crash mitigation. In other words, we still had the crashes, but we lived, okay? So what do airbags do? They help us live. Uh, what does a collapsing steering wheel do for us? It helps us live. What does a crash absorbing monocoque construction, blah, 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 energy absorbing and so on and so forth. They let us live. Okay, which is And the great. insurance companies would argue, oh, it's so much more expensive to fix those Well, vehicles. that's where I'm getting to. Yeah. All of a sudden, oh my goodness, you know, the car company allowed to, designed a car that, that basically was, was, a, was a shock absorber, except it didn't spring back. Okay, so it meant it had to be replaced. Or it put, it put uh, you know, uh, airbags in there that had to be replaced. Or it did all that. And so, you know, all of a sudden under all this crash mitigation, which is really good because we get to live, Fred, okay? Unfortunately, the liabilities associated that the insurer had to cover end up being more expensive. You have to in increase premiums. You have to price it higher. Okay, and as you put more and more of these things in your technology, who knows better as to how much more expensive is it going to be to fix than the car companies? And they don't know that early. And so in fact, they're able to price them more properly and hey, increase premiums better so that, so that in fact, they remain afloat. 
And then we all know that, you know, with crash mitigation, and the thing that we don't want to say is if we have a crash and we live, it's more expensive than if we... <clears throat> and so all of a sudden, Fred, we're sitting there, whoo, you know, this is, and no wonder insurers, insurance companies haven't been the biggest fan of, you know, all this great safety improvements that cars, that OEMs have put in the cars because, because the crashes still occurred because they didn't do anything about our misbehavior. Okay. Airbag doesn't allow me to misbehave less, probably allows me to misbehave more because I'm going to think that I'm going to survive it. Well, don't, we don't even want to go thinking about that. Uh, but they didn't do anything about that. But all of a sudden, you know, they started putting, you know, uh, analog brakes in there, you know, so that if we apply the brakes the wrong way, we don't slide and so on. Uh, we remain in the news to do. And, and so th those stop some crashes and then and then NHTSA required uh, electronic stability control in all cars and starting in 2012 so if I went around a corner too fast and I happen to have not a 55 Chevy but uh, you know who knows what 2014 who knows what then in fact it might save my butt and I wouldn't crash <clears throat> And then all of a sudden they started put, putting automatic uh, emergency braking in systems. And as we saw, maybe, you know, Subarus would actually work and stop you from crashing while others would allow you just to, you know, reduce, uh, you know, if you were going 12 miles an hour and not hit it at 12 miles an hour it would run into the back end at six miles an hour. Well, that, that doesn't do any good. Uh, but each car company knew how good or bad their automated emergency braking system is or was. Okay. So therefore, instead of waiting for the actuaries to look at historic data as to whatever, they know in advance before they put the darn thing in the showroom, they have better data. Okay. So all of a sudden, if a Subaru or something like a Subaru or a GM now makes an automated emergency braking system that actually keeps you from running into the back end of vehicles, okay, while you're misbehaving and not paying attention or whatever, do, 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 da, 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 then all of a sudden, you know, they can expect that the that the liability exposure that uh, <laughs> that someone coming into the showroom to buy that vehicle is going to be a heck of a lot lower. And guess what? They have a pricing advantage with that in, in, information. And with so, it being personalized, uh, 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 something like OnStar and other technologies. They know what kind of driver you are. Well, they know what they also with, with OnStar. They can they, they know what kind of driver you are. They have all that additional information. But really, not just knowing what kind of driver. In a sense, if the system can sense that I'm, you know, I'm about to have a crash and it's going to cause me to not crash. Almost, you know, 
hey, guess what? They probably want that system and they want that car to be sold to somebody who's a bad driver like me, always you know, misbehaving. Because guess what? That system is going to is going to reduce my expected collisions a great deal. Okay. Now you, Fred, you're a nice, you know, <laughs> you never misbehave. You'll never, never have a crash, never. you know. <laughs> so of course these systems are wasted on you. Okay. Heck with you, you know. We'll let we'll let the other insurance insure you. Okay. Well, I guess we've, because, we've seen this kind of thing before. Alan, uh, Tesla, and I'm not sure how Volvo works, but I know they have a subscription service that bundles insurance with a subscription. They've so, certainly yeah. talked about those kinds of things. And, and of course, you know, if you, if you have a data and information advantage, you know when to hold them and you know when to fold them. What else are you gonna do? You know, <laughs> hey, if if you can't compete with that, so of course, I mean, uh, what took them so long? Well, it's a, it's a little complicated, I suppose, the insurance business because individual states regulate insurance and have to give a company's permission to offer insurance in, in each of the yeah of states. course and so on and so forth and and you know insurance deserves to be protected and 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 there should be a public oversight on insurance right because because they really do have to make enough money charge enough bring in enough revenue so when i crash they have the cash to pay Okay, so in a sense, you know, if, if, if that kind of situation didn't exist, then of course you go out there and, you know, you sell whatever you want, you know, you get, you, because, because insurance gets cash in early and pays out late. I mean, that's the great, wonderful thing in insurance because you get to hold money, get invest it and do all kinds of great things and wear nice clothes and be very, 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 you know, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's great business. But of course, you you also have to ensure it, and it helps the business to make sure that, in fact, when there is a claim, there's money there to be available to satisfy that claim. So, you know, I guess everybody's happy on that one. Okay, I'm happy buying the insurance with the with the confidence that, in fact, if I need to collect something, something will be there and I'll be taken care of and, and it will be collectible. And of course the insurance companies out there, man, that's a nice business. Yeah, no, no wonder Warren Buffett's in it. You know, I mean, it's a nice business. Well, we had a great session on incentivizing uh, through insurance uh, on the on the Smart Driving Car Summit earlier this month. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think, again, I, I mean, we've said many times that insurance should be out there leading because in fact, in fact, and leading in 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 this automated uh, driving technology that that is really focused on on um, uh, avoiding crashes when the driver misbehaves, when the driver is either going too fast or going too or or tailgating or not paying attention or or you know. Haven't well, it can't help you if you've had too much drinks. So, I mean, in the end, that's going to catch up on you. But you know, and all the various things that 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 really 
that I guess, you know, driving's not simple. And every once in a while we, you know, relax and whatever and so on and so forth. And we get ourselves between a rock and hard place. And that's where this technology could really help and help what? Not just in the mitigation, but in the elimination, in the avoidance of the crash. Because then there's no lawyer, there's no ambulance, there's no, you got to, you know, fix half of my body. It's, you know, it's, it's, to well, me, we're, we're going to have a lot more obvious. on this, Alan. Yeah. We're going to have a lot more on this. We expect to have the head of OnStar Insurance Services joining us as a guest in a special edition right. of the podcast in the very near future. You right. can look for that. And we'll have to see whether or not, they, you know, they, they may, I don't know what they're going to say, but to me, I mean, from a, you know, way outsider, I know nothing about insurance, you know, um, just looks to me as fundamentally obvious. Well, we'll be back with more, but first, this is a good time to remind you about our sponsor, the Smart ETFs, Smart Transportation and Technology ETF, symbol MOTO. To get more info, head to MOTOETF.com. On the website, it's a good idea to read the white paper there. It's called the Smart Transportation Revolution. It's under the Insights and News tab. Great information there to help you make informed decisions about investing. You may know ETFs can be a good way to spread risk with investments and focus on a particular category of stocks. The site, once again, is MOTOETF.com. Alan, some other news to get to in the latest newsletter. The Insurance Institute for Highway Safety says adaptive cruise control is prompting some drivers to speed, possibly undermining the feature's potential safety benefits. Well, um, <laughs> maybe, okay, but, but, but cruise control wasn't supposed to be a safety thing. It's a comfort and convenience thing. Okay. And if they really and, wanted to, couldn't the technology be employed to simply say, no, you can't? <laughs> absolutely. So, so in a sense, if, if some of these automated features, if the focus is going to be on comfort and convenience, this is different than automated emergency braking. Automated emergency braking is basically on all the time. I'm not supposed to be able to snip, snip the wires or turn it off. It's there in case I misbehave, gives me a get out of jail free card. Fundamentally important to that kind of system. Cruise control isn't that. You know, it's a comfort and convenience. It lets me take my feet off the, off the pedals. Okay. So I, it, it, it needs to be that those kinds of, of, of automated driving technologies need to be such that constrained in their use, not just anytime I want to use them, but anytime I want to use them such that they don't degrade safety. Okay. And degrade safety. What is the the what should be the 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 benchmark on safety? Is how safe I drive when I'm alert and not misbehaving. 
okay? That should be. Uh, we shouldn't necessarily expect any of these systems to work better than that. Hell, we're all great drivers as long as we don't misbehave, really. We really are. And to think that, you know, some computer, someplace that the D, da, 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 or the do, da, 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 can do better than we do when we're really focused on it. It's going to be a while yet before we do better than that. And I guess it would, be hard sudden, to, it would be hard to say that it's the adaptive cruise control that's prompting people to speed. It's the people who are doing the Yeah, speed. It's, the mis, it's the misuse of the system. And it shouldn't be permitted. It's misuse, the, the misbehavior of its of that should be should be sent. So then the question comes: Okay, what is the appropriate speed on a section of roadway? Okay, we do have speed limits out there, and if you go to the I guess Society of Automotive Engineers or da, 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 or traffic engineers someplace, they'll tell you that that the you know speed limits are supposed to be set at the 85% point of the distribution of, of um, you know speeds that are driven on that and da, 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 da. in fact you know it's it's in a sense expected that you're going to be speeding i mean unless you're in a speed trap in which they're giving you a speeding ticket for the purpose of raising money as opposed to keeping you safe you're not going to get a ticket if you're going one mile over the speed limit. And in fact, probably not at four and probably not at nine. And my goodness, on the New Jersey Turnpike, holy mackerel, places where it's 55 miles an hour, I'm, the, the, we don't have enough state police to arrest and give tickets to all the people that you know do probably 19 over. So in a sense, this article suggesting that cruise control has you speed more because who knows what few people from MIT got out there and who knows how many red lights they ran in Boston, but in New York, never mind. You know, the, the IIHS know. Allen has also has a study out on a new paradigm to evaluate driver situational awareness yeah. using level two automation. Uh, they used a teddy bear mounted to the back of another vehicle that passed the drivers in the study to determine whether they were paying attention, whether they noticed the teddy bear. Yeah, and, and I, you know, the situational awareness study is a really important one. Why? Because one of the things that you want with respect to the comfort and control aspects uh, of some automation is to be able to uh, to take your feet off the pedals and your hands off the wheel, but yet still have your eyes on the road. Okay, and of course, you know, um, a GM in its in its uh, um, um, automated driving implementation. Uh, has put in a, a, a eye tracker to make sure you're paying attention Part of on super the road cruise. ahead on super cruise, right? Which is beautiful. No, no doubt about it. Okay. The problem is that the sensing technology and the sensing mechanisms really focus on 
whether or not you see it, whether your eyes are on something, okay? But whether or not you see something and you actually do um, have awareness of it, that's a mental process. And it happens back here in the you know, visual cortex and do, 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 do. And we have no sensing technology as to whether or not, you know, just because it went in your eyes, it got into your brain and so on, and you, you did something with it. And so the situational awareness business is, is to try to correlate seeing something with actually understanding something, okay? And it's really important that, that we do have some amount, but there's no way that we can go into your brain and say whether or not you understood it. I mean, we're not going to ask people a bunch of tests about stuff as they're driving down, okay? So I think it's, it's an important study. And it's important to recognize that just because you're looking at something doesn't mean you understand what the heck you're looking at. Doesn't mean, it mean even that you have the situational awareness of what the heck it is that it is you're looking at. So, so I think that's the value of this, how it helps us along in terms of, you know, what kind of gizmos are we going to put in the vehicle so that it looks back on us to make sure that we're behaving, we're using these things properly, we're all, you know, remaining alert and all that sort of stuff ends up being a really tough question because the kinds of things that we're we're trying to do with the sensors from the outside is 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 really just saying we're looking at something whether or not we see it it has no idea until we start asking questions did you see the bear and you okay i didn't but you know so you know, it drives my like wife. Alexa to interact with you. Uh, did you see oh, that? Jesus. No, no, <laughs> man. I mean, you know, we're not going to do that. We know we're not going to do that. You know, and of course, you know, my wife, Elizabeth, uh, I'm looking for my glasses. You know, I have, they're on your face, you know. <laughs> Never mind. Well, we, we, all, we all do that. So. Yeah. And, and it, it's, and we, and, it's understood we do that. We have to understand the fact that, yes, you know, if we try to make sure that you do remain situationally aware of what the road conditions are ahead, so that in fact, if you have to jump in there and take over and avoid the accident and do all that stuff for which none of us are trying to do, probably the last thing you want to want to do is if I'm about to crash, yell to me, do something, Alan, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to turn the steering wheel and I'm going to flip Damn, the car and die. Sure. Okay. I don't know what to do. When's the last time I took a driving education class? <laughs> I don't want to, we don't want to go there. Hey, We're not hey, trying to do sent the, you an offer in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they must have. Ooh, nasty, Fred. Nah. Well, they sent no, it but, to me. So. <laughs> no, but seriously, Fred. Sure. So in fact, the systems we put in there are much better able to, 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 to react to those things than, than we would be. I, 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 I think we should be able to design those, those that way. And that's what the uh, OEM should be trying to put in the cars. That's what GM should be trying to put in their cars. That's why they should be insuring us with OnStar and no, knowing that in fact, you know, now they'll be able to save us and make a lot of money off the whole darn thing. And I won't crash. And maybe Everybody's the customer happy. will save some money too. Yeah, absolutely. Right. 
More news to get to. Luminar and Volvo are deepening their ties, according to TechCrunch, to sell automated driving systems to other automakers. Yeah, I think that, you know, good. I, you know, if they if they have a great system and so on and so forth, absolutely go in there. Let those automakers go in there. In fact, you know, they should also un- offer insurance on there and do an insurance product because they know the performance of these systems. And hopefully there will be some other competitors out there also providing these systems and, and they'll compete on really how good they are. Our friend Russ Mitchell, who participated uh, in the last uh, Smart Driving Car Summit, by the way, as a, as a, as a person who joined in, at, he's at the LA Times, and he's written that while Tesla touts self-driving to consumers, it tells kind of a different story to regulators. Well, of course, it, it tells a different story in its, in its manuals, you know, in the fine print, Okay. And, and what Tesla needs to do, what everybody needs to do is not just put that in the fine print because I'm not going to read it. And if I read it, I'm not going to remember it. And if the consumer is not going to read it and not going to remember it, in some sense, it's, it's on them to put it in the system as part of the system. These automated systems have to do more than just looking out to see what is on the road ahead and make sure they drive well. They, in the end, they require some things of us. They may require our hands to be on the wheel or they may require our eyes to be on the road or they may require our butts to be in the seat. And if they do, to work properly, if that's what the fine print says, then they should have the sensors in there to make sure that we're doing those things. And if we don't pull over the side of the road, stop, and basically say, until you have a note from your mother, you can't use it again. Well, then there was the story uh, that Tesla has removed, they've said they've removed some drivers who weren't paying attention from what it calls its full self-driving beta as that program expands. So Great. apparently that's they a are start. Not, that's a know. start. That's a start. They know. They know. In the past, they haven't said anything to you. They've let you misbehave and use it in the wrong way. Okay. They know when you take stupid summon and you use it and it's not at your home because they have a GPS receiver on there and they know the thing is not at your home. And you shouldn't be allowed to use it. Okay, that should be a usable only in your own property. We'll tell our listeners and viewers that the real name is Smart Summon, but Alan has renamed it as we've gone along. Yeah, because guess what? Somebody's gonna misbehave. Not many, but but it only takes a few to ruin it for everybody. Okay. And let's not let the few ruin it for everybody. And they have the data, they have the means, they do it. Hold our feet to the fire. Say these systems are good within this operational design domain under these behavioral conditions of you. We're gonna give you the comfort and convenience of taking your feet off the, off the, off the 
pedals, hands off the wheel, but you've got to remain paying attention. Now, so until the people system- People need to understand then, and maybe there needs to be a renaming of what full self-driving, the phrase that they use, what it means. I, I don't care what they call it. Well, you it know, does matter in the, in the way people no, of interpret course it. If you, it tell, does. If you tell me I'm buying a car that's full self-driving, my assumption is I don't have to pay attention. I know, of course, but 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 the system should. I I I don't know if we can walk that one backwards or not. Maybe we can. It, it, to me, that's yes. Maybe we can. Of super, course, we want to do that. Super safety or something. Yeah. Else. No, we want to. We want to. We want to be. We want them to not only be honest in terms of their presentation. We want them to be honest in terms of the delivery of the service. And if every time I start use that thing, it says, you're not paying attention, I'm going to pull over unless you start paying attention. But as long as you pay attention, you know, you're okay, a la what GM did. Then in fact, you know, I'll learn. All right. And so, you know, you could have called it, I don't go, you know, I don't care what you call it. I mean, I do care what you call because, of course, I hate the levels and so on and so forth. But, you know, but but really, it has to go beyond that. It has to be in the implementation. And it can't go back that if I misuse it and, and all of a sudden, you know, I go to Tesla and say, hey, you're responsible, you know, make me whole here. And they say, oh, oh, oh no, down here in the fine print. No, no, not us. No, 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 not that. The system should not have let me do it in the first place. And if it lets me do it, then then basically it is product liability on them. And then they have to make me whole. And in fact, if there's going to be any regulation on this stuff, Fred, the regulation has to focus on that. The regulation has to say, if the thing doesn't work, then of course it's product liability. They have to make me whole. But also, if the thing lets me misuse it, then in fact, it's it's product liability. It's on them. They're still responsible. So that'll They're make still them resp- hold your feet to the fire. Absolutely. Right. And maybe they'll go and sit, say, hey, Elon, forget about what you're saying. You know, cut it out, you know, because you're hurting us here. Or maybe not. But it doesn't matter. This system won't let me do it. Okay, and it, it is critically important that this, this be done because it, it, because it makes them responsible and it makes them responsible within whatever confined environment it has to you know, work or not work. And if it lets me use it outside of that operational design domain, it's on them. And guess what? They'll learn to not do that. Okay, why? Because they'll have to pick up, pick up the pieces when that happens. It's just to me so fundamental, and it's fundamental. It's good. So that therefore, then there isn't the over promises. It just really does work, and and everybody's happy. Another story to get to: Waymo is disclosing more autonomous vehicle data for research purposes, and I know how you feel about that. Yeah, no, I think it's great. I think it's great. Uh, wonderful they're sharing it. Again, these companies shouldn't be competing on safety. They should be all working together. You know, the safer these things are for, for anybody, the better they are for everybody. 
Another TechCrunch story from Kirsten Korosek, uh, Lordstown Motors is accused of faking EV truck pre-orders by the short seller firm Hindenburg Research. You may recall them. They're the ones who blew the whistle on Nikola Motors. Hey, you know, keep doing it. You know, nice they're out there. Again, this this is a tough business. And and we've people who are out there lying, cheating, and stealing, they have to be weeded out. Okay. And let's go forward without them. Well, finally, uh, we've got another great session on tap in the Princeton Smart Driving Car Summit, which takes place every Thursday. It's live at noon Eastern, and this continues through the middle of April. This coming Thursday, the focus will be human-centered design of safe and affordable driverless mobility and what makes safely driven and driverless mobility better for all users. Really important topic, Alan. We've talked about it on the, on the podcast before with, uh, with Henry Greenwich, who's going to be the moderator. Should be a great session. Yeah, it should be a great session. Again, um, you know, when, when one gets to the driverless piece and the opportunity to f- provide mobility to everybody, you know, we've been on the side of, uh, of providing this mobility to those who, who could benefit the most, who, who really have been, for whatever reason, left behind by, by uh, the personal automobile. Those of us that have access to the personal automobile, we've gotten great mobility, great service at, a, I think, a reasonable, if not great price, and we're all happy with it. Uh, but, but a lot of folks, somehow, for whatever reason, haven't, haven't gotten that. And there, this is an opportunity to provide them uh, with this kind of mobility that would vastly improve their quality of life. But if we're going to do that, we need to ask and be sure to ask those folks, and, and it should be them that are telling us what are the attributes of these things, uh, you know, what, what would make them the happiest, what, what would improve them uh, and give them the most improvement in, the quality, in their quality of life. And it, it may not be the same thing that, that you and I would think that they should have. I mean, it's not about what we think they should have, it's what they think they should have. And, and to really focus on what they think that we should have, they should have, and how to put that in the process, as opposed to sort of the easy way to do this. Well, here, this is what they think we, what we think they should have. You know, is a I think a non-trivial process, and we need to have much more research, much more efforts in that particular direction, and and hopefully, you know, and that's what we're going to discuss on Thursday. Community involvement from the get-go. Community from from the from that community from the beginning. It's easier to do it from the beginning than retrofit it after it's out there, right? I mean, if ADA, the American Disabilities Act, taught us anything, taught us, my goodness, you know, if you really want to deal with people who don't have the same attributes as we have, and 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 need some help and can benefit the most, uh, uh, you want to do that early in the design process of what you're doing rather than having to go retrofit it. So let's learn that lesson here because we are still at the very beginning. We are still at essentially at 
you know, zero degrees Kelvin, maybe we're one degree Kelvin or something on the, on the Kelvin degree scale, but you know, we're still at the very beginning. And so this is a great opportunity. Let's, 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 let's take advantage of this great opportunity that we have and just reach out to those folks that we would like to, you know, help here and say, Hey, what would you like to see? Well, if you want to know more, more about this, please tune in on Thursday. Again, it's noon Eastern. It's a live discussion, going to be terrific. You can find more information to register at smartdrivingcar.com. You can also get information there about possibly becoming a sponsor. We want to thank our sponsor, the Smart ETFs, Smart Transportation and Technology ETF. The ticker symbol for the ETF is MOTO. And more information is available at MOTOETF.com. Again, you can find us at smartdrivingcar.com. Also on Anchor FM, Spotify, TuneIn, Apple, Google, Spreaker, SoundCloud. You can find us on Amazon's podcast too. You can ask your smart speaker to play us. You can find my tech reports at textination.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with Alan Kornhauser. Thank you for listening or watching. Please continue to stay safe.